lot of fun together, a lot, a lot of fun together. Maybe you have friends uh, like that. So uh, now, okay, graduation comes, and graduation day happens, and uh, last time I saw Ron Dewey. Fast forward with me 25 years, and social media begins to come into play. One day I'm on Facebook, and I'm scrolling down a little bit, and then I get this little thing that shows up in the corner, and I go over, Ron Dewey sent me a friend request on Facebook. I couldn't hardly believe it. Click yes. And then, you know, uh, being uh, old, uh, I was trying to uh, text him right away or, or message him right away. You know, oh, Ron, how's it going? You know, and then five minutes later, he would, he would message me back. It is going good. You know, <laughs> and finally, I just said, what is your phone number? You know, and he gave me a pick up the phone and I called Ron. I said, Dude, how's it going? Awesome. You know, and it's so good to hear your voice. It's so fun. You know, and we, we started talking about the old days and, you know, taking the bleach out and doing bleach burnouts in the parking lot behind the school and, and all these things. Uh, we were just, it was so fun to talk. And, but about 15 minutes into the conversation, uh, Ron goes, Oh, you remember John Smith, right? I'm like, oh, John Smith. Oh, you know, I, no, I don't, I don't think I remember him. You know, and then uh, what about Sally so-and-so? She was in our class. I was like, oh, man, I just, man, I just don't remember that one. And then, and then he starts telling me about his kids, and I'm telling him about my kids. And about 20 minutes into the conversation, it was very, very clear. A long, 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 long time ago, Ron Dewey and I were really, really close, and we were really, really good friends. But we hadn't hung out with each other for a long, 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 long time. Come to find out, we just really don't know each other very much at all anymore. How's your relationship with God? Was there a time back in high school when maybe you went to a, uh, a Bible camp and uh, it was just the best time you had with God and you think back to that and maybe that was a time that you gave your life to Christ and you wanted to be baptized and you knew that you wanted to serve him forever because God is your best friend or maybe you think back to a few years and... Uh, there was a conference that you went to or some kind of a convention or a retreat. And that was just such a special time where you were absolutely, you know that you were in lockstep with God during all of that. It was a special, special time. Maybe you can reflect back or think back to a time when, when maybe uh, you or a loved one was in the hospital. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe you or a loved one was in intensive care. And uh, there were a lot of times when you were, you and your entire family was gathered in the intensive care waiting room. And it became just kind of a place of fellowship and intense prayer. And everybody was, was just begging God, help us get through this. And you were very, 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 very close at, at that time. Here's some questions. Have you lost touch with God? Does he feel distant? Is your relationship with him built only on a past experience? 
Is it time to reconnect? Last question. What role does prayer play in your relationship with God? If you have your Bibles and want to open them up to the book of Matthew chapter 26, when we kind of land on Matthew 26, we see uh, uh, Jesus is there and he's hanging out with his bestest, bestest friends, right? Uh, Jesus is there with the disciples. And it's during the time of the Last Supper. And so Jesus is there and his closest, closest friends are there. And he's got even closer friends that are within uh, that uh, last meal that he's having with them. And, and he, uh, during that meal is when we know that he takes the bread and he prays for it. And he's sort of explaining to them, this is going to represent my body. And he takes the, the cup and he says, this, this is going to represent my blood. And, and Jesus knows, Jesus is very well aware of the fact that after that meal, they're going to go off and they're going to spend a time in prayer together. But, but by the time they end up praying, Praying together, uh, Jesus knows that he is going to be arrested and there's going to be a mob there. And as the evening progresses, he's going to be put on trial and his beard's going to be plucked out and he's going to be beaten and he's going to be punched and he's going to be spit on. And they're going to take a crown of thorns and they're going to press it deep down into his uh, forehead and they're going to put that on him. And Jesus knows that all of these things are going to transpire. Meanwhile, Jesus is there at the Last Supper and he begins to communicate uh, with his friends that are there and they make their way after the supper out into the garden of Gethsemane and they enter into a time, time of prayer. The words will be on the screen. If you have your Bibles open, I'll be reading from the New International Version. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to be kind of going through verses 36 through 50. It says this, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him. Who are the two sons of Zebedee? He took Peter, James, and John. Uh, when you read through the Gospels, you learn that Jesus is there with the twelve often and bigger crowds often. Uh, but uh, there's times when he just goes to his bestest, bestest pals, uh, Peter, James, and John. He pulls them aside at the Transfiguration. And here in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's pulling them aside. And he begins to communicate specifically and solely to those guys. As he says, hey, you disciples stay here. Hey, hey brothers, come on over here. And we're going to come over here and... And he begins to communicate with just them. A couple of observations. Think, think about this. Prayer is not a replacement for companionship. Think about that. Prayer is not a replacement for companionship because Jesus, what he does is he goes to the garden to pray, but he but he takes his friends with him and then he communicates to them, guys, this is going to get really thick. This is going to get really heavy. And before the evening, before the rooster crows tomorrow, it's going to be intense. Prayer is not prayer is not a replacement for companionship. But also think, think about this. This is not a, a right down one here, but here's think about this one. Conversations with companions is not a substitute for prayer. Sometimes we go through difficult things and we tell our friends, but we don't take time to pray. Jesus does both. The verse continues. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow 
to the point of death. You see, Jesus shared with his companions what he was feeling. He said, stay here and keep watch. Stay here and keep watch. Stay here and keep watch with me. And now watch as he leaves and he goes to a time of prayer. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus shared with his friends, but also Jesus entered into a time of prayer. So if you have a bulletin there, there is the outline. And I want you to write this one in the first spot there that's available and write this down. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is communication with God. That's what Jesus desired to do is go into the garden and begin to enter into a time of communication with God. Prayer is communication with God. The story continues as Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane in verse 40. It says, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he says this, could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. There is clearly an assumption upon from Jesus to his closest friends. What, you, you guys can't pray for an hour? There's an assumption that it, Jesus' friends are friends. You, you can pray for an hour, right? I mean, who can't pray for an hour? You guys are my friends. We know. And so there is an assumption there. You should be able to pray for an hour. And then, and then he says this. He says, watch and pray. Why? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus knew the situation that they would be going into after they left the garden and all of those events that would took place. And here's something else. Jesus wanted them to be proactively defensive against Satan's attacks that were going to be coming. Uh, Jesus wanted to pre-strengthen themselves before they entered into the battle. That's what Jesus wanted for them. Because here's what we know about Satan. Satan's sneaky. And Satan is deceptive. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Here's what we know. Uh, Jesus never ever jumps out in front of us and says, Hey! Today is the day that I want you to uh, have an affair on your spouse and wreck your life. Today's the day. Satan never jumps out in front of you and says, today's the day I want you to get drunk and do something really, really stupid. Satan never says that. He says, today's the day you're going to steal something. Maybe you'll get caught. They'll wreck your life. Satan's more crafty. Satan might put some people around you in your life that, uh, man, I really like these guys. They're a lot of fun. I'm going to spend more time with them. Oh, well, they, they seem to enter into some, some behavior and it, it doesn't really seem to mess up their life. And so maybe I can kind of enter into that behavior too a little bit. And maybe I can go a little farther into that behavior and and all of a sudden you're at this place where you're looking in the rearview mirror going, man, how did I ever get here? Jesus says, watch and pray 
watch and pray. Write this down. Communication is, our prayer is communication with God. Write this down. Prayer is fortification for God. Prayer is fortification for God. The story continues in verse 42, and it says, He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. What did Jesus do? Jesus prayed out loud. Jesus prayed out loud in front of his friends that he was struggling to be obedient to the Father. Father, if there's another way, I'd sure like it. I will do what you want me to do, but if there's another way, and Jesus was wrestling, you know, what do I do here, God? I, you know, and he prayed out loud in front of his friends. God, help me to be obedient to you. Think about that. What would your life be like, or would it be any different if uh, you were on your phone, maybe, and you're scrolling through, and you think to yourself, "Well, if I, if I, if I hit this one, if I click on this one here, I know there's probably going to be an image there that nah, God really doesn't want me to see that one, and so I'm just going to pray out loud and let you know that I shouldn't be doing that. I'm going to say, God, I want all I want to do is be obedient to you. Most likely, you're going to delete or keep on swiping. That's the way that's going to work out for you." There's somebody I really want to give them a piece of my mind. Do you know what they did with me at work? And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to let them know right now what's going on. And, and God, all I really want to do is be obedient to you because what I am struggling with, God, is this thing. And I want you to know that I'm struggling with it, God, because uh, all I want to do is be obedient to you. God, did, did you read what they said? I'm going to reply to that right now and I'm going to give them a piece of... Uh, I'm going to let them know. There's something that I want to do, God. And the way this kind of works out for me, and the Kyle Eilman kind of illustrates it, you're, you're over here. And, and this is the side of life that I get to live my life, and God's welcome to everything I do, but there's this, there's this door. And so I'm just, I'm just going to kind of open the door, God, and I'm going to go on this side of the door. I'm going to close that door, God. And, and you, you just stay over here, and I'm going to stay over here, and I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to go into that meeting, and I'm going to conduct myself this way, or I'm going to do this in private where nobody can see me. And, and God, you stay on that side, and I'll be on this side, God. And, and then I'm going to, after that's all kind of taken care of, I'm going to come back through this door, and I'm going to just get, oh, God, God's good. Good, right you know and then everything is kind of over here and kind of compartmentalize these things and and here's Jesus and he's just like and man if I am wrestling with it I am going to just let God know let my friends know too not holding anything back so write this down prayer is communication with God prayer is fortification for God and Prayer brings adherence to God. Prayer brings adherence to God. The story continues, verse 43. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed a third time, saying the same thing. Say, saying the same thing. Saying the, so, so let's try this again. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, say this, and then you're going to say, 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 saying the same thing. Saying the same thing. Jesus went back and prayed a third time, saying the same 
thing. Um, do you wrestle with sin? Uh, do you ever have to pray, oh, dear God, this again? God, I'm so ashamed. I'm so embarrassed. And, oh, I know I shouldn't. Why do I? And, oh, I, oh, God. You realize here there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that Jesus was ashamed that he had to go back to the Father and say, I'm wrestling again, God. I'm wrestling again. There's no evidence whatsoever here that he was kind of going meekly or humbly or, oh, God, oh, I, you know, I know I just prayed about this a little while ago, and, and now I'm praying about it again, and here I have to pray again. No, the only evidence is, is that Jesus looked at his friends, well, you know what, they're not with me, they're sleeping. God, I'm coming back to you, and I'm wrestling with this thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you again and again and again the same way. I'm wrestling with this. It's really hard. Shouldn't that be encouraging to us? that if Jesus had to go back and say it again and again and again, you know what? We have a father. He was listening to his son. He's listening to his children. Write, write this down. You see, prayer is communication with God. That's what it is. It's fortification for God. Prayer, it brings adherence to God and prayer is reliance on God. Say, I don't know what else to do. So, Father, I come to you. I come to you. Concludes, verse 45, 50 says. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Then Jesus went off to face the cross, fortified in prayer. In conclusion, two action steps that I think we can take to, to bolster our relationship with Jesus and God the Father. Two action steps that we can help better connect with Jesus is this. Write this one down. Number one, make time to pray. Make time to pray. Jesus did. In the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 35, early in the morning while it was still dark, and Jesus heads out and he makes time to pray. We do well to make time to pray. And a lot of times when we think about making time to prayer, we think, oh boy, I got a busy schedule. When am I going to carve out time out of my busy schedule to put this big hour-long block of time in there? Because that's what Jesus expected, that I'm going to carve this all out and this is going to be my time to pray. Well, maybe you're already doing something that uh, you could uh, turn into a time of prayer. I've shared with you the last couple of weeks, I'm trying to get back on the treadmill. And when I'm running on the treadmill, that I declared several years ago, this is going to be a time of prayer for me. I'm here. I hate it. Nobody wants to be here. I'm sweating horribly. My body is aching. I'm going to cry out to God whether I'm praying or not because my body is just going to stop, you know, but I keep it. And so I've just turned that into a time of prayer. And I pray for my family, pray for you guys, pray for people that I know. 
It's a time of prayer. And so I don't know what your yard is like, but uh, anybody spend a long time on the lawnmower? You know, do you have a big yard and you're out there the whole time? Uh, could you turn your lawn mowing time into a time of prayer? And you just, maybe you have, you know, a little list and you just kind of tape it right to the steering wheel. And while you're going around, you know, whoop, there you hit the roses there, but I want to make sure I'm on that. Yeah, and you just turn that into a time of prayer. What else are you going to do? Turn it into a time of prayer. Maybe you have a long commute to work or you travel frequently and you can turn that into a, find a time that you can turn that time into a time of prayer. Make a time to pray. Number two, in conclusion, make a list to pray. Make a list to pray. First P stands for people. Put people on your list. Put people on your list that need Jesus. Put people on your list that need to know Jesus. Maybe those are your neighbors. Do you know if your neighbors know Jesus or not? I uh, just want to remind you, we just kind of finished talking about sounding A and beautiful harmony and, and the, the book of Matthew. And Jesus calls us to go and make disciples of even our neighbors. And, and so make a list of people that you can pray for. Family members, family members, you know, who we should be praying for our children and, and, uh, and their significant others and, and our church family. And, and uh, when I was, when I used to drive a school bus, maybe I, told, I, I could just kind of, uh, in my mind, I could pray through my bus route. And maybe there's coworkers in cubicles or something like that or some of your neighbors and you can just kind of put a grid in your mind and pray for people in a certain way like that and pray for people pray for people pray i'd ask you to pray for the people that are at the muddy waters uh, track that are going to be there in a couple of weeks and there's going to be a, a lot of people there that, that they don't go to church and because the pa system works fairly well they're going to they're going to hear a, a gospel message whether whether they know it or not and so why wouldn't we just begin to pray for them now that god would just work by his holy spirit and maybe start to soften some hearts and pray for those people as well and what else are you going to do in a pandemic right um it's not like uh, we're going to go to the mall and, uh, and see a bunch of people there, right? And, and the world's just crazy right now. This is a perfect time for us to be fortifying our prayer life. It's a perfect time. Pray for people. Number two, phrases. Phrases. Make a list. Make a list of things that you are thankful for. Uh, when you turn on the news and when you read the headlines, it would uh, be presented to you that everything in the world is falling apart and there is nothing good going on on planet earth turn that stuff off and make a list of things that you are thankful for a look around and be mindful and intentional about the good things that are all around you and thank god almighty who is the giver of every good and perfect gift for those things that are going on well in your world. And then do this, problems, last P stands for problems. We struggle with stuff. We know people that are struggling with stuff. And that Jesus uh, was okay taking struggles to the Father and we can be too. There was a time in my life when uh, I was really, really close to Ron Dewey. And then that kind of faded away and kind of drifted away and we weren't as close as we used to be. My prayer for you is that one day when you meet Jesus, it'll be a glorious homecoming 
and not a scratching of the head and going, where, where have you been the last 20 years? Spend time in communication with Jesus Christ through God the Father. And now, let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you.